Hey guys, it's Maylee Thomas, and it's time for Texas Homegrown Music, and I've got a really great show for you today with a band called Say Zuzu. And you know, I found this band because they have a song called Maylee, and who'd have thunk? I just had such a good time getting to know these guys, and you guys are going to love their music. They've actually done some touring in Texas and even have some uh, they have some contacts here right, right in uh, Denton, which is right down the road from us, and I want to get them back to Texas soon, and I know you're going to want to have them here as well as soon as you hear this music. So phenomenal. They've been around for a long time, but they're, they took a little hiatus. They got back together, released a new record this past year that's phenomenal, going to be featuring some songs off of that. So I don't want to take up too much time. I want to get to it. Before I do, though, I went through the archives and got a an older song from one of my older records called Let It Rain. So I'm going to play that for you right now. When we come back, we'll be with Stay Zuzu.
everybody. We're back, and I've got my guest, Say Zuzu. Welcome to the show, Cliff and John. Yeah, Thank thanks. you. Good to be here. Well, um, so listeners, you're going to laugh. The way I found this ba- band was I was just going <laughs> through um, Spotify, and I was listening to different songs, and I happened to see a song called May Lee, and I was mm. like, are you kidding me? And then I looked into this band. I found out you guys have actually spent some time in Texas, and I cool. had to reach out to you, and so here we are today, and I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. <laughs> Man, what a trip uh, it was to get an email uh, with the name Maylee. It was a, it was a little <laughs> surreal. Very cool. Well, and I actually love the song. It's a, it's a fun song and foot stomping and kind of like me, a little bit uh, crazy. So we'll have to have a, a story behind that. But first of all, I, I don't know who I, who wants to answer this question, but you guys started this band in the early 90s, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Started uh, actually... I mean, the real genesis of the band was when we were all in high school. Cliff, um, who's on on here with me, and uh, and my brother James, um, you know, we got some guitars and uh, family friends said, just get together and jam. We started in the in the late '80s, but Zuzu itself uh, formed in the early '90s. Yeah, '92. High school friends looking for something to do that wasn't going to get us in trouble, I guess. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of parents, a lot of parents that might argue that, but yeah. um, so so tell me. John, you guys released a record and you immediately started touring it. And boy, did you tour it. I, from what I've read, you guys were all over the country and even abroad. Yeah, we, um, you know, once we had that first jam, poor Josh's, uh, the first of many drummers, uh, Josh's bedroom, we knew what we wanted to do and we were singularly focused. And um, so, yeah, once we got in the studio and we started putting stuff to tape and putting it out for the people to listen to, we bought a vehicle and we wanted to have some adventures and, and we not just a lot. The vehicle. about seven years we hit. Well, yeah, the vehicle. I mean, eventually it was a 20 passenger B, uh, Ford B600 school bus. We tore all this, the seats out for everybody who did the van life thing during COVID. We were, we were ahead of the game. We were innovators. We turned it into a uh, slightly less fancy tour vehicle, but it served us well. for So you years. guys were the yeah. first ones to do jamming in the van. I mean, come on. Uh, 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 yeah, right. The jamming in the van, jamming in the van looks cleaner than um, than our bus was. It's <laughs> true. So, um, John, who actually started writing, and did you know immediately that that you guys were going to be writing your own material and and recording it? <laughs> yeah, I wish I could tell you that we were um, looking for a place to plant our deep philosophical, you know. <laughs> words but really the the truth of it was when we first started we were we were terrible and we couldn't figure out how to play other people's stuff and we booked a gig before we had uh, practice stuff and we just said well i guess we're gonna have to start writing and uh both of us got right to it and um yeah i think we just we were just having some fun i think we were in it before we knew what we were doing and then suddenly we arrived uh, out on the road with uh, the first record and and realized that this really was something we all felt deeply passionate about and we have different voices as writers. Um, I think Cliff can speak, you know, to the fact that our our long term friendship and the trust that's developed there has really been a godsend in terms of creating stuff. You know, being sounding boards for one another. I think you gotta when you love somebody, you gotta figure out a way to tell them the truth kindly and and find somebody you trust, right? So um, that's something that we've had since way back, and 
you know, we'll talk about when we took a break, but that was something I think we both missed in, in the time that Zuzu was apart as we sort of raised families and stuff and something we've really enjoyed as we've been back. Well, Cliff, let me hear what you have to say about all that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, John started, I mean, John was the first person to write a song in the band. Um, and I never had an inkling of being in a band until John wrote a song and played it for me and James and, uh, their John and James mom said, Hey, you guys should start a band. And that's, that's what happened. And so we just tried to build a repertoire of our own songs. Um, I feel like the first time we played out, we had to add, we had to figure out some other songs to cover because we didn't have enough. <laughs> of our own tunes and we I, you know I, I realize everybody isn't like this because I know more people in cover bands than I know people in original music bands uh, just kind of out in the world and so it is interesting to me like as a 50 year old to look back on this and be like huh that was different you know that we were like mm. how do we fill this up with our own thing um, and uh, you know I, I think that it takes a while uh, especially for especially for high school guys to evolve into people that can give each other good feedback. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like you got to develop a language for that and you got to develop, um, I guess, a system of feedback where you're like, hey, this is just a suggestion. But um, and like really what it what it comes down to for me is that there's a certain amount of bravery in writing a song and sharing it with other people. It is, oh, sure. it's the moment for me as a songwriter that uh, I am at my most nervous. Well, you're so vulnerable oh, at that point yeah. because you're, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like undressing in front of your friends. It, okay, it, here you go. It is. And oh, <laughs> it is. I read, I, I you read know, Mike Campbell uh, from the Heartbreakers described it as like trying to co-write with Tom Petty was like, he felt like he was inviting himself into Tom Petty's bedroom. And like there is like a, a vulnerability to that. That's really unique. Um and it takes a while to develop trust in that space. I mean, I feel the same way about debuting songs, even for Cliff after all these years. And I know your husband had a recording studio, Maley, and and I did too for about ten years. And um, both in both the the chair behind the board as a producer or engineer and as a songwriter debuting a song, even before I debut a song for Cliff or, or one of the other pals that are sort of my own little trusted circle. Right as I'm about to start, I have an initial impression of the song that I didn't have before sharing it with somebody else. That's something that I have come to know. I like in order to find out what you've got, you've actually got to share. You've got to share. You got to mm -hmm. put it out there and have something come back to you. Um, you know. Um, so, and it's it's uh, you know, even if I was working on a mix in the studio, I could be down the rabbit hole. And then as soon as I hit play with the artist in the room, I would be like, oh, the tambourine's too loud or whatever. I just hearing it with somebody else in the room. Um, we, we need each other, I guess, is really the, the headline yeah. um, as, as artists and creatives and collaborators. I, I think, to sort of I think when we first, um, before we, we were called Say Zuzu, we, there, you know, like in a slightly earlier incarnation of the band, we made a tape. This is, you know, this is dating us, right? 
And oh, I know. Talk about dating. I was just talking with somebody <laughs> the other day that I, my first car had an eight track. Right. Well, there you go. So. Yeah. So, um, so John and James and I all wrote songs, and it's interesting putting out a putting out an album. Uh, is kind of phase two of the vulnerability thing, which is like it feels super exciting. Uh, and then you get comments back from people who are like, Hey, I love your album, but that fourth song blows, you know? And, and, <laughs> and if that's one of your songs, it feels terrible. And so you need uh, you, that. I don't know. You guys must have some people that are really tight to be able to say that to you and look well, you in the eye. Cause <laughs> I don't know, man, we've had some, we've had some people, some fans. In fact, we'll get to the, our, our adventures overseas, but there's this experience we all joke around now where we are playing in Italy and, a well-attended gig full of authentic Seizuzu fans who bought tickets on purpose and didn't just wander there. <laughs> and there was a guy who uh, couldn't wait to get to the end to ask us what our least favorite song of ours was. And before we could even answer, he was like, here's mine. You know? oh, <laughs> thanks, like, dude. Okay, you really need to get that off your chest. So I don't know what it is about our bad songs, quote unquote, that makes our fans there really want to There is no bad song, remember that. You know, yeah, it's, right. music is so subjective, is. just like there's it no is, bad art. And um, I try to tell my daughter that all the time, who's an artist, um, you you know, there is no bad art because um, just like there's somebody out there for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, there someone is going to see something in good in that. And um, so right. well, you got to give yourself permission. You got to do that. Well, um, before I run out of time on this first segment, I want to go ahead and ask you one question real quickly. The name say Zuzu. How did it, how did you guys come up with that? Well, maybe we should have left more time. Here's the short it's version. A, it's a state uh, secret. That's. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's uh, yeah, we can't we can't divulge that. That's probably the the better answer we should go with. But roughly, it's a it's a vague reference to "It's a Wonderful Life," uh, the movie "It's a Wonderful Life" yeah. with Jimmy Stewart, the Christmas movie. His daughter uh, Zuzu um, was nicknamed Zuzu because of the ginger snaps that Nabisco put out in that time period, and their ad slogan was "Say Zuzu to the Grocer Man," which is the name of our first tape. Oh wow! So it has to do with cookies. My husband's gonna love that. <laughs> Ginger snaps in particular, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I love ginger snaps. So, um, I, real quickly, we are going to actually um, play a lot of music from your newest record, which you just released early this year called No Time to mm. Lose. But I just mm. want everybody out there to realize that um, having started in the early 90s, you put out, I, was it four records? I'm not sure how many I, I was looking at it. Yeah, we, we put up you're the, uh, ten records. Give me a, ten give me a second okay. and I'll, and I'll, I'll <laughs> not tell oh. we want everybody to hear, but yeah, 10. Wow. Um, and that's with a, a hiatus of almost two decades. So you guys have been uh, 11 actually now, uh, or 12, if you include the retrospective, but yeah, 10 records before our, our reunited. Wow. Wow. Well, I know this. When I go to look at your to listen to music, and I you know start start scrolling down, it was just amazing how many songs I I kept going through. And I I've spent uh, spent several hours last night and several hours this morning listening to you guys, 
and I really love your style. It, I mean, it's definitely got a retro feel for me. I love how um, it takes me back to the 70s, a lot of that kind of vibe. And yeah. I think right now everybody's loving that kind of sound. And your new record, guys, it's not overproduced, which is kind of you know one of the biggest things that I have to say right now about some of the stuff that comes out. And I think people really want to hear music that they can hear when they, when they come and hear you live, too. Yeah. And um, I know you guys can do that. Is it my understanding that there's five of you in the band? Yep. Okay. Yep. There's a- and quickly before I forget, what caused you to choose the instruments? Because if you guys got together in high school and you decided you wanted to do this band, were you already playing instruments or did you decide, okay, I've got to woodshed this particular instrument because this is what the band needs? <laughs> my dad had gotten my brother and I two cheap Stratocaster copies from a mall kiosk. And that was a Christmas present. Um, and we borrowed a guitar from a friend. I taught James and Cliff the one crappy song that I had written. And we were a band. And then eventually, in short order, we decided we needed a bass because the Beatles and the police had a bass, even though we didn't know what it did. And so James <laughs> bought a bass. He took one for the team. He's like, I'll be that guy. And um, without much thought, Cliff and I were the guitarists and James was the bass player. And that's where we started. Well, we're going to play Waking Up, which is um, off of your new record that you just released called No Time to Lose. Love this song. Um, Real quick, you want to give me just a little background on it? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, this is I think everybody's capture device of choice. Songwriters um, is the phone recording app, right? Like my iPhone, my little iPhone recording app. And uh, this song started um, with uh, the chord shapes and and then um, improvised lyrics. And it was really an exercise in trusting flow state, subconscious me, rather than chin stroking. Um, you know. Uh, down the rabbit hole me. Um, there's a, There was truth to what I was saying that I caught up to after I listened back to what I had done. And um, so I finessed it a little bit and um, we stood it up pretty quickly. The band was feeling it and we let it fly. I think well, it it's the... a great song. I love it. It's called Waking Up. You're going to listen to it right now here on Texas Homegrown Music with yours truly, Maylee Thomas, and my guests, um, John Nolan and Cliff Murphy from Say Zuzu. And we'll be right back after listening to this wonderful song from their record, No Time to Lose, Waking Up.
Well, we're back with Say Zuzu. And um, guys, you know, obviously we, we touched on it a little bit, but you were together for quite a while, um, played all the way up until what, 2003? When did you guys actually, yeah. actually you know, Yeah, broke decide. up in 2003, went on our last domestic tour and, um, and our last European tour, um, you know, just before that somewhere in there decided to sort of part ways i think the least boring breakup in all of rock and roll history you know no sex drugs rock and roll or even uh you know creative differences broke us up it was more just uh you know our our last record at that point every mile which actually just got recently re-released on vinyl for the first time I just saw um, that. Through, through strolling bones records um which we'll talk about in a second um i think we just are kind of organically arrived at a place where we knew that we had given it a swing and we wanted to um, I know Cliff has um, long wanted to stretch his legs in the ethnomusicology realm and has done that to great success. I let him speak to that. And um, I had accidentally started a recording studio, et cetera. And we had, you know, wives and we're starting to grow families and uh, we weren't rich or famous. So we decided to call it a day. Well, but you but you actually were doing something that you loved and you got to see the world, and people were coming out to see you. So you did arrive. That's why, you know, whenever I have these interviews with independent artists and they talk about, well, whenever we do this or whenever we make it, I'm like, well, are people coming out to see you play? Are you enjoying yeah. what you do? Because you've already made it. You're already outside of your house and outside of the garage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it took it took me a long time uh, just being, yeah, I mean, we were on the road for years, and it, it always felt like uh, being, being an artist, being a, uh, being a musician was like a place that we were trying to get to. And it took me a while <laughs> to realize actually that we were that thing. Um, we yeah. just weren't compensated very well. Um, <laughs> so, well, you know, you'd be surprised because I have I'm privy to a lot of artists and a lot of from them that are signed to major labels, and they're not getting compensated yeah. as well as you would think. Well, and it's right. it's a um, tough it's a tough it's a tough world out there, um, you know, for working artists. And I think, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I think uh, we in the band always uh, after the band split up. Um, always looked at each other like family uh, and always treated each other like family. And, uh, and so in 2019, we got together kind of with there, there were essentially two different major phases of the band in terms of rhythm sections. There was this first big chunk of time where Steve room and James Nolan were the rhythm section. And then kind of phase two where John Pisty and Tim Nylander were the rhythm section in 2019, we decided to get together to play some shows and uh, and to reunite as a six piece. So, like to bring that whole thing together um, and to try to find some space as a functioning six piece band, uh, a blended family. I like yeah. to call us there sort of our Brady bunch. And moment. so, uh, <laughs> we got a phone call from George Fontaine, who um, who we knew from 20 years earlier. This was kind of at the height of COVID lockdown. Um, in 2020. Uh, and he said, fellas, I've been thinking about um, the band. And, um, you know, I know that we kind of had a dance with New West um, back in 2000, 1999, 2000, uh, where that label uh, was going to sign us and then didn't. Um, and 
and John D. Graham too, not to forget for our Texan folks, John D. Graham was going to produce. Yeah. And I, and so we had continued on our own and then split up in 2003. And so to get this phone call from George in 2020 um, was kind of a blast from the past. And uh, he asked about our interest in reissuing our old records on this new imprint called Strolling Bones Records. And uh, when he found that we all still know and like each other and play music together, uh, he said, would you be interested in making some new music? And, you know, that was, that was really incredible moment for us. I don't think any of us was looking for that. Any of us was, was expecting that who would, I mean, other than a crazy person who would expect that. Um, And well-timed too. Uh, You know, it's been, I think for all of us, just a joy to reconnect with George and, what a, what a, um, you know, all those little videos that everybody pass along the sort of restore your faith in humanity kind of stuff to your point, Maley earlier about there's no such thing as bad art and there's, um, you got to get out there and, and take some risks as artists and stuff. George Fontaine is just really one of the good guys, um, in the music industry who loves to support independent music and has for decades. And it, we just feel lucky to be in his orbit and the family of labels orbit. And, um, so we've had this blessing to to not only see our back catalog be re-released um, with a vinyl uh, in vinyl form, and starting with a retrospective called Here Again, which sort of showcases some tunes from five of our records, uh, but the first of at least two records that'll come out on Sterling Bones with Say Zuzu, and um, it's given us you know an opportunity to schedule time with one another to do the thing that we love to do. Well, and um, just so everybody understands that you guys actually even wrote a song about a city in Texas called Fredericksburg. Isn't that right? Well, I would. It's Virginia. Oh, Apologies shoot. to Fredericksburg, Texas. I was, yeah. thinking, oh, I, I, can... I, I was thinking for sure it's got to be Texas somewhere along here. I was yes. trying, to, trying to figure it out. But, um, oh, well, we're going to claim it anyway. So it's, yeah. it's a cool yeah, little town. What, well, I can say this. I mean, I think. That is one of um, one of my favorite songs from that Bull record. Really? That, it's not Maylee? Yeah, I think. <laughs> oh, it, uh, I mean, Maylee being number one, Fredericksburg would be, uh, you know, 1A, I think. I thought that was just a given, Maylee. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we, we got to get to that at some point. But so you guys, how what's it like with your brother now? Because I know he's not touring with, or he's not doing this re-issue, yeah. right? Yeah, no, he, I mean, he played uh, on the record um, and played some shows with us. And I think just, you know, the reality, we, Cliffs in North Carolina, uh, Cliffs, excuse me, in Maryland. I'm in New Hampshire. A few of us are in New Hampshire. James is in, my brother is in Virginia. That was going to ask Tim you if you North guys Carolina. were all in, you know, in yeah. the same vicinity or not. Yeah. So, you know, recording and doing all those things is different than sort of the, the um, less romantic, um, you know, flying to the rehearsal before the two or three dates that we play and, um, so we're, we're psyched that we got to have that experience of pre-production and recording, but you know, well, okay. I gotta okay get you to... down to Texas. I gotta, we gotta get you guys down to Sold. Texas again, because, um, I, I just love your vibe. I, I, I love your sound. And, and plus, I mean, it's, I gotta have you come play the May Lee song. Yes. So, um, 
well, we're going to we're going to play Climb in the River. And I I'm assuming I was reading about the town that you guys grew up in. Is, is that true that you guys grew up in New Market, New Hampshire? It is. Um, it is. I don't, and it's like don't, it's, it's like 10,000 people. Is that 5,000? You know, I don't know that anybody would make up living in New Market. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah. So you're hey, known, I still live here, man. Don't take those shots. For uh, having the river, is that it's a river town? Is that what I'm, it is? I, what it's I a, understand? It's a, it's a mill town. So like all across New England, like New England used to be the big textile center of the United States, and so any place that there's a river, any place that there's a town on a river, there's a mill, and most of those mills when we were growing up uh, were abandoned. Um, so like Timberland shoes used to get made in the mill that's on the Lamprey river, um, up river from that mill, uh, is a spot that we used to go swimming in all the time, uh, on some rapids. And, uh, you know, it's a spot that's kind of factored into a couple of our songs over the years. Um, and, you know, when we were making this record, um, for, for me in this moment, uh, I think like a lot of people that COVID caused a lot of introspection. Um, and as a, as a dad, I've got four kids, um, as a dad and like, welcome to the, welcome to the party. <laughs> I got four myself. Yeah, that's why I look like this. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, just trying to navigate life and trying to navigate a lot of metaphorical rocks in the river. You know, it's like, I think about, that time. I mean, this song is really about that experience of swimming in the rapids in real and metaphorical ways. Uh, well, so you, you wrote this song called Climb in the River, and I love the way you express the color of the river being the root beer color. I mean, I've never heard that line before, and it just grabbed me. And plus, I just love how it, I, it draws a picture for me. I can actually see myself going to that river and getting in the water and seeing the rapids. And that's what I'm saying. The Your writing is, is really prolific. I right love on. it. I appreciate um, that. And and so I, I chose this song because I thought, you know what? This actually sounds like it represents the area where you guys, yeah. it all, where it all and started. And I do love root beer, so, you know... Um. <laughs> true and true, and yeah, root beer black is is a great. I'm glad you highlighted it. What a great line, right? Is it so is. evocative. It is. Uh, yeah, it's a great uh, line, and um, it's a great song. And I'm I'm so glad that I'm gonna get to share it with our listeners right now. It's called Climbing the River, and it's on the it's on this new record, um, that they just released. And um, I'm hoping that I get to see you guys play in person soon because I, I i i went online last night i was up until 1 30 in the morning watching videos and just seeing the camaraderie that you guys have with one another it's very clear that you guys grew up together and you have this great um vibe between yeah, one we another have, we have I, that's what i look at you know, be, having been in a band in for so long and uh, those are the things that i look at and i don't know about you guys when I, I we go to a lot of shows that's what we do on our off time we go see live music and i don't i don't think i watch a show the same way a uh, layperson people do because being no, in a you band can't, right no you just can't it takes a lot i'm looking at what's going on on the stage in between and you know what's you know what's going on between uh everybody and I, I just see a really great atmosphere with you guys. Cool. 
Well, thank G. I don't know what to say. Yes. I see a lot of bro love out uh, up there, guys. Yeah, I just yeah, do. I can't. Yeah. I, I, I do. I see a lot of bromance. Well, no, um, it, it, it is yesterday. Yeah, I, I guess uh, sometimes I, you're, you're, you're hundred percent correct. Yesterday, um, I had a, a really good day, and I called Cliff to check in with it. And then I think it's a I think it's a New England male way in particular of showing affection of just a gut shot insult, which brings to us like a laughter. Now I don't know that this is particularly well or healthy, but man, it makes us laugh. And then our earnest chat on Cliff's side about something incredible he's doing, and I returned fire, and then we just really we laugh. There is a, you know, <laughs> that's a Northeast we, thing. Cause my husband does the same thing and he's from Jer- New Jersey. So yeah, it's, it, it's, is. It, it, it is It's definitely a Northeast thing. It's, it's good for me to remember that when I travel yeah. um, because people are like, wow, this guy's a jerk. It's not like yeah. that in the South. You're yeah. like, no, I, did he just I, say I, that to you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, it's simple point is, yeah, we have a lot of history and, um, and quirky ways of showing affection. For well, them. I love it. And that's, I think that's what people like to hear about bands. So we're going to play Climb in the River right now. You guys are going to love it. When we come back. I got to hear a little bit about the whole Maylee thing and um, anything else that got you want to share with our listening audience right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Say Zuzu, Climb in the River. And we'll be right back. We go down to the river when summer would come. Root beer black where the rapids on my back where the current was strong I was fine But if I decided that I could swim like the pickerel darts or the darkest stings I'd crash on the rocks and my head would ring and I'd cry
Everybody, we're back, and I'll tell you, I could do two or three shows with you guys. I'm having such a good time talking with you, and and, and hopefully, I'm gonna get to have you um, in person in the studio when you guys come to Texas, because I'm gonna get your band to Texas. It's gonna be it's Heck gonna yeah. be one of my uh, one of my goals. So, uh, a lot of songs that I really dig and love that you guys have written and came out with over the years, but. Uh, there's another one in particular that I really love, and I guess it's probably because I'm getting older and I'm starting to think about things that I didn't think about before, like um, what's this gonna, what what is this like, that what is this that we're going to, what are we moving to, and um, I'm not a religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person, and I'm kind of open to uh, the understanding that um, there's something beyond this. I just, you know, I want to believe in something bigger than myself. And so anytime anybody says anything about the afterlife or heaven, I'm always interested. And you guys wrote a song called What It Looks Like in Heaven. And it's really about uh, life here and how we can imagine all the goodness that we that we experience here and moving on in that. Tell me about it a little bit. And, and of course, the thing about songs that I love is because they are subjective it's almost like sometimes you don't want to tell people what it is to you because you want it to be something different for them, whatever they're looking for. But just give me a little idea about this and, and, and maybe where you guys are at in your life. Because like you said, you guys took some time off. And now, believe it or not, if you're in your 50s and you know you are in the second half of this life. Um, I'm I'm hoping to live to a hundred. generous. I'm hoping uh, yeah. to live to a hundred myself. <laughs> yeah. um, but right. uh, sure, you know we are we do have to think about um, loving and appreciating every day because um, you know the way the way it 
looks for all of us, we are go- going down to, you know, towards the, the back. Yeah. I, th- I think, uh, and, and being a parent, you know, I think, um, you're also watching and trying to steward kids into the, the, you're, you're trying to get them to adulthood. Right. And, uh, and, you know, so being a parent, being somebody who is thankfully, uh, in, I'm, I'm in love with my wife. We have fun. Uh, I guess it's part of why we have four kids. Uh, we, you know, in, in COVID there's this big contemplation of mortality and there's this big contemplation Mm. about, uh, what matters. And, for me, I have uh, I, I feel fortunate to have a very strong faith dimension. I'm a believer in an afterlife. Uh, I'm a believer in a in a um, I believe in God uh, in in whatever that means to me. I, I think that um, mm-hmm. that it's a bit of a paradox to want very much to be making the most of your time here and to be in no hurry to get out, to get out of, out of the physical body, you know, um, while at the same time believing that there is a better place after this. Um, and so this song, I guess for me is, uh, a, a way of expressing my, uh, my love for my wife, uh, and wanting to enjoy that, for as long as I can. Um, How long have you and your wife been together? Uh, we've been together since I met her in 99. Uh, we, I guess, started, this was my idea. Um, we started dating in 2000 um, and we got married in 2002. And, uh, you know, I guess just one kind of postscript on this song. For the period of time that the band was broken up, um, for me, it took me a while to, I think, heal from my expectations of music. I asked, I asked a lot of music. I wanted it to be my emotional well, my, uh, my, the thing that fed me, the thing that paid the bills, the thing that gave me a sense of gratification in the world. And man, that is a lot to demand of anything, let alone something as, as, uh, unlikely to to deliver as music (laughs) and um and so uh that took a while and when i would write songs because they would come to me ideas would come to me um i would go through a a process of being like well who's this for why am i doing this like who's ever going to hear this and um when george fontaine called us to ask us to make a new record uh, I got off the phone. I was at the beach with my family in New Jersey. And uh, the first verse and chorus of this song came into my head. Um, and it was a gift to <laughs> to not question, okay, like, why? Or where is this going to go? It, I, had, I had a place to put it. I had an awesome place to put it. Um, and so that was pretty, well, it's a beautiful song and I love it. And I, I, I think I told, um, Joe immediately that I definitely wanted to play what it looks like in heaven on this interview, because I just love the message and I, and I 
I love the song. But now... One little asterisk for all of your music nerds recorded uh, almost entirely live in the studio. Oh, I love that too. I love that too. I can't tell you. Most all of my favorite songs that we've ever recorded is the scratch vocal. And it was when everybody was in the room and I, you know, I felt that, that I felt the energy from it. So, well, um, so we're going to play What It Looks Like in Heaven, but I'm going to close the show with the song Maylee. And so, Joe, just, I, I gotta know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, cause I mean it, it the, is the a story, different name. It's, it's, it's... The, the story is simple, really. You know, I, I, I write songs a few different ways. And, and one of them is, you know, uh, on the record bowl, there are a bunch of different um, sort of, uh, at that point, it's 98, 97, just finding my legs as a songwriter. And a song like Pennsylvania, which opens the record, is really just pulled from an, a, directly from an experience. And But at the same time, there are all these uh, unfolding um, records, like we're all just enjoying, uh, both new records and old records. And frankly, there was this two disc Johnny Cash set. And one of them was called the country boy and the other one was called the Hitman, right? So okay. it was like the country songs and the Hitmans. And I just couldn't stop listening to the country boy, uh, CD. And I just wanted to inhabit, um, I, so was it directly, less directly uh, to my life and more just imagining, a, a story of of a couple kind of going through it and um as i do when i write songs still but certainly then the name just fell out of my mouth so wow. i wish i could tell you it was like an aunt or something and but it sort <laughs> well, of it was evocative of what i was trying to communicate and so it's a joy to finally meet you yeah say it so you wrote person. this song about me <laughs> i did i did it's for you it's and, uh, and you know i gotta death. tell you i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do a snippet of it and every time i need my husband to come home i'm gonna send him that little snippet of <laughs> <laughs> Mainly come home to me. I always always like the the shirt cuff dipping in the soup line on this one. Oh, yeah. And and I'll I'll add, because McKinney is not far from Denton, Texas. Um, No, it's not. It's right down We used to play uh, a lot with a Denton band called Slobberbone. Um, And every time that we would see uh, Slobberbone, we'd you know, be walking up to them in a parking lot or whatever. And their drummer would yell the chorus of this song at us. Uh, I'm not going to impersonate it because it was terrible, Uh, but it's pretty. (laughs) Well, I just got to say what a wonderful treat for me to have you guys on the show. And for all you listeners out there, say Zuzu, S-A-Y-Z-U-Z-U. They're on every streaming platform. They've got so many songs. You could spend weeks listening to it. And um, I promise you there's some stuff out there that you're going to absolutely adore. And I'm going to have them in Texas. I'm going to, I'll definitely let you know, but I'm also going to be feeding you guys some of their music in between some of my other artists, just because I love you guys. And I can tell that you just are good human beings and wonderful people. And I just, I have to highlight that because that's who I am. And that's what I do. do. Well, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, once again, the band is Say Zuzu. The song I'm going to play now is called What It Looks Like in Heaven. Um, and then the song Maylee. And um, gosh, guys, I don't even want to leave, but my time <laughs> is up. So I'm going to have to close the show. But thank you so much for being on, on here. And we'll be right back on Texas Homegrown Music. Let you know what's coming up right here, right now, What It Looks Like in Heaven. Mm-hmm. 
Sometimes I fear my heart is gonna burst And I'll watch the world fade But most times I fear that you're gonna go first Then what would I do? Selfish but true I wanna know what it looks like in heaven I'll pick up my heart Glide beyond the moon I wanna know What goes on in heaven But I don't wanna Get there too soon life's additions and with the subtraction of time sometimes I fear division but our love always multiplies I want to know what it looks like in heaven For all you listeners out there, being able to meet guys like I just did today with Say Zuzu is the reason I love this gig. I love being able to just stay relevant to what's going on out in the rest of this world. And it's a big music world, a big, wonderful music world that I love being a very tiny part of. But being able to get to know these cats up in New Hampshire who actually spent some time in Texas 
I just love it. And thank you so much for making it possible. I have to give a shout out to all of my sponsors, of course, the Guitar Sanctuary, Burris Injury Law, and Cadillac Pizza Pub for making this possible every week. And for all you listeners for continuing to support me, thank you so much. I love getting your little emails, so continue to do that. Maylee at TexasHomegrownMusic.com. And if you've got some musicians out there that you've been listening to that you want to hear on this um, show that have identified with Texas in some way or another, do it because that's how I found these cats. And so I love hearing from you. So don't forget that. Peace out, everybody. Let's just make this a wonderful day by sharing peace and love and kindness. You know, that's all I'm about. Love life, everybody. You get out of it what you put into it. We'll be back next time on Texas Homegrown Music right here. Thank you, guys. One, See you two, soon. Three, Pleasing